BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help. And yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Hey, welcome to Cop Father. I'm Craig Ramel. Along with Dennis Cornelius. What's going on? All right, bro. How are you, man? You all right. Still being safe. You've yeah. been double vaxxed, right? Double vaccine, the whole thing, masks, wherever I got to go to. And looking forward to maybe the autumn. Maybe we're in better shape and it's normal, normal. Yeah. No, it's getting there. Yeah. You know, it's been such a mental stress on us and all kinds of stuff going on. So, you know, when we started up the podcast, we we're talking about good documentaries to watch and good movies. And you and I have been involved, you more than me involved in the uh, industry, film and television. You know, I was thinking about movies that are uncomfortable for police officers to watch, like good (laughs) classics. Yeah, okay. And probably at the top, for me personally, I cringe when I watch this movie. I would put this at my top four cop movies made in the last 50 years i think end of watch is the best film right now if you want to become a cop watch that movie first but one movie you've always talked to me about 15 years that you just love this movie the movie's called prince of the city with treat williams 1981 directed by the great sydney lumet Mm -hmm. who also did serpico before this but you are very knowledgeable about this movie and you just find this is this is the cop movie yourself. Yeah, well, you and I being nine years apart in age, yeah, right. So your reference point starts at possibly movies that came out in the late sixties, and they were playing then. Like you know, French Connection was nineteen seventy when it was actually playing in the theaters, right? Yes. So. Well, you're 10. I don't think you were in the theater for that, but you knew it way before I did. So for me, being nine years behind you, by the time I was 13, 14 years old, Prince of the City, at 13 actually, was out in the theaters. And I was blown away by something I found out later on, that these cops (laughs) in this era in New York City psychologically they really had to break a lot of laws to even arrest drug dealers like there was no otherwise they'd never make a case yeah so prince of the city is a movie 1981 it's about a nypd officer who chooses to expose police corruption for idealistic reasons it's based on a 1978 book the same name written by robert daly 
And yeah. bottom line is it's a, it's a team of narcotics officers who were called the princes of the city. They had no supervision. And in fact, they were told, just get as many arrests and let's clean up. Because at this time, this is the late 60s, early 70s. It's based on an officer, but they've bent it a bit to, to do the movie. But it's pretty much, it's about a team of narcotics officers who break all rules, were never supervised because they were getting incredible amount of arrests. So the city at the time, which was bankrupt, was a war zone for drugs. They were just, and I doubt this was the only team out there, but they were just told, just clean up the streets. At the same time, they were very corrupt. They were taking cash, money. There's some great lines in here that you have continually are using with me. It's yeah. very well written. It actually was nominated for, I believe, for an Academy Award for Best Screenplay. But to me, it's a very sad, demoralizing movie, being a police officer. And when I was an officer, and more when I ran the police union in Toronto, I did not want to hear about corrupt cops. It really pissed me off. I felt we had a job that was hard enough as it was. We didn't need this, especially when there was massive intent for financial gain in doing your job as a police officer. It was very rare to come across this in a city, you know, as, as big a police service as Toronto. But there were times that we did have some corruption. Very minimum amount of times, but I made sure we weren't going to support those people, those officers. This movie became a training video for the DA, Drug Enforcement Agency. Wow. Uh, pretty much what not to do. You know, I, I want, before we talk about it, you did mention when we were developing the storylines for the bridge after the pilot, you and I believe even Alan brought this up that as far as Alan DeFiore, our head writer. Yeah, DeFure, yeah, not just the box job, but where Prince of the City stands alone even goes further than Serpico did five, uh, sorry, seven years before with uh, Al Pacino playing Frank Serpico, the undercover drug cop. How the system basically would turn on a department or a unit or a platoon or a team and use not good cop, bad cop, but good DA, bad DA, mayor, city hall to implicate as many vulnerable and dirty, of course, cops. Where Danny uh, Salucci there, the, the Treat Williams character, he really is so naive to the real politics involved in law and order in New York at that time. He thinks he's doing good, but he's going to be able to protect his friends because he knew they were doing noble work. Ah, they took, they took a hamburger on the side. They took some money here and there, but it was bad money. Better they have it than him. And they destroy this guy. Yeah, he was the youngest member of the team, Yeah, but he was the team leader. Very rare in law enforcement. He was kind of like the boss of the team. So they were allowed to run with no supervision, bottom line. And there's no doubt in my mind, knowing how it works, a lot of the bosses of the NYPD would have known this was going on. They didn't give a crap because they're bringing in the arrests. They're, they're trying to clean up the city of New York at the time. Yeah. And this is, comes down to a lack of oversight, not civilian oversight, oversight within the supervision of a police service. I've seen it many times. So with the movie, the, the thing that's always bothered me with it 
there is sympathy on many fronts, including the lead character here, the Treat Williams character, yeah. Danny. But there's also good guys and bad guys within the prosecution also. Some of the most evil people in the movie are a couple of prosecutors or investigators within the prosecution, grand jury or whatever, who are just animals. And truth of the matter is, as bad as it gets, they don't care what happens to the officer. They just want to nail them, including suicide. The investigation follows it to the point where an officer kills himself. Then so be it, as long as we get to the bottom of this. And that still stands today. I'm not saying corruption within a police organization is good. It's very bad. But it's to the point it is a juggling act. And I know now they don't care what happens because at the same time, they will go at it just as hard now in prosecuting a police officer that is dirty. As an officer, they think, well, there might be something wrong here, but the officer is not dirty. So it doesn't matter. And, and the side effect of that, whether it's mental health, suicide, it's happening now. There is a balance act when it comes to this. I mean, there is a saying, you're innocent until proven guilty. Again, I'm not saying that about the movie. Cops in, in this movie were dirty, and they should have been caught. They should have gone to jail. They do eat their own sometimes, whether it's yeah. police officers or the prosecutors. Whatever reason, the lead character in this turned on his friends, lifelong friends, depend on each other. Wives, kids play together. He turned, he started feeling guilty. He had a brother who was a crack addict, and I guess it just hit him one day. But the amount of effort and money, the effort that went into nailing this one unit, I guess to show an example, and you have to watch the movie to see it, was staggering. The zealotry, they were zealots. The, the, the character actor with the shaved head didn't care. You're right, didn't care if these cops blew their brains out, which a couple did in the movie, but they did not care the human cost. They needed the headlines. They needed to show they were doing something. And the ironic thing about this film, for the great, like I mean the, one of the greatest ever, Sidney Lumet, he was doing this as almost like a, an olive branch, an apology back to the NYPD for the way Serpico ended up being and portraying the corruption of the 60s. Well, even though the empathy for Treat Williams' character and the cop families and the victims of both sides, even though I think he dealt with that very carefully and, and humanely, it still comes off reinforcing that the New York Police Department was in tatters for over a decade. And he got crucified for Prince of the City. He did. And the problem with doing a story like this, as my biggest, I guess, pet peeve when it comes about complaining about the police, whether it's the media or special interest groups, is they paint everybody with the same brush. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Calling all 
cooperatives. From now to March 30th, MGM National Harbor invokes your skills to play Covert Cash, a spy-themed kiosk game series where classified missions, hidden rewards, and daily thrills await. Sign up for MGM Rewards to play and unlock up to $25,000 in hidden free play daily and entries into our grand escape car drawing on March 30th. Visit MGMNationalHarbor.com slash Covert Cash to begin your mission. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. At this time, and some of the greatest cop movies have come out about police corruption during this era, vast majority of police officers were doing their job in that city. They- Randy Bergenson was with Frank Serpico. He was doing a good job. It wasn't Frank Serpico against 8,000 cops. There were thousands of good cops yeah. working at the same time. My thing with a guy like Sidney Lumet, who you're absolutely right, one of the greatest directors ever, there should have been, at the same time, other movies coming out. Because I guess, you know, the old story, dirty cop sells good hero cop doesn't sell whether it's in a movie theater or or a newspaper so this really this movie destroyed the reputation of nypd and at the time they would have had twenty five thousand police officers we're talking about a team of what eight people here yeah vast majority of coppers in that city and anywhere in canada or america at the time and today are very professional officers that just want to do the job the way they've been trained to do it. Any person that's thinking to come on as a cop or a rookie cop, this movie's 40 years old. The other reason I wanted to do it, the age of it, but people should look at this. Like the DA have used this for a training film and it should be looked at as to what could happen to you if you're thinking of doing this, first of all. Yeah. And... You are beyond thrown to the wolves. You're treated worse than the persons you're trying to arrest for the the drug offenses. I find it a horrifying movie as a police officer. The Treat Williams scenes where he realizes they're twisting him inside out and he's basically the Judas to his closest friends in his whole life that have covered his back. And he goes, "Who who the F are you guys? I'm the bad guy? I'm the bad guy. The psychological breakdown, his performance is literally heroic. I mean, it's one of the greatest performances I've ever seen. And also uh, our friend who passed away a few years ago, who was in Law and Order, Jerry Orbach, who plays Gus Levy. Yeah. He's also standout in this film. It really deserves 40 years later a fresh look because it's considered one of the most underrated films of all time. 
It's very authentic. Yeah. It's like a docudrama, to be honest with you. That's how it comes across to me. And when the great films uh, are spoken about and talked about, this film never comes up in the conversation, and I think it should. I was surprised it was only nominated for one Academy Award. He never won an Academy Award. Sidney Lumet won an honorary award from the Academy. He never won for directing his whole career. Yeah, some other little footnotes with this movie. The one prosecutor who befriended the uh, Chiello character, the Danny character, and is shown in a very positive light, was based on a rookie prosecutor, Rudolph Giuliani. Before Giuliani went crazy, that's right, he was yeah. doing great work. Yeah, he was a rookie <laughs> prosecutor on this. So there's, there's all these side effects of this movie. You gave me a line in there. You, you've mentioned it to you. You've almost memorized this, this film, but one so of the characters gives a line in this movie that says a lot. It's one of the top viewed clips of Prince of the City on YouTube. And the character's name is Alvarez. He knows he's going down. The DAs, the internal affairs, they're at a big table surrounding him. And he looks at them and he goes, hey, you want us to catch drug dealers? I'll tell you, the only way to do that is to take their money and take them out of business. That's the only way. They spit out, their lawyers spit them out an hour after we bring them in. Take their money, take their cash, and then they can't operate anymore. I don't know what's so, what's, why you guys are so stupid. And he spits this reality of what they've been doing, the blue line against this, and no one has anything to say back to him. No. It's a great two-minute scene to intrigue people to watch this film. Do you have a comparison film? Uh, not Serpico. Yes. No, not Serpico. Uh, an updated one. That was 81. And when we talk about the golden age, we've said 67 to the end of the 70s. I consider Prince of the City at 81 part of the 1967 batch. That 14, 15 years ends at Prince of the City. You know, bullet 67, uh, 68, whenever it was. Yeah. yeah. To 81 that golden age. The update to that film that I put up there with all of them is end of watch is in the last eight, nine years, which I agree, David Ayers, but James Gray's We Own the Night. Yeah. It came out in 2006, I believe. And that, I put it on par with all of those. This movie, Prince of the City, was made 40 years ago, but I cringe when I watch this. I have a hard time watching it. You know, the only point is you did say there are thousands and thousands of cops and robbers films going back to the 1940s, but there's only a small, I'd say, top 25 that go higher than the genre of cop film and are just classic, genuine masterpieces. And that is the French Connections, the Bullets, the Serpico uh, the Prince of the City, and later on, We Own the Night and End of Watch. Those are not just cop films. They stand alone beyond and above the genre of cop film. That's why I think we love them so much, because people that aren't big cop movie fans, like we are, you being a former cop, they stand alone whether they were cop films or not, just the quality of the filmmaking. When you're in the writer's room for The Bridge and you're writing it, were you thinking back to this movie? 
about certain things you wanted to write? We did to reference to help along me being the bridge for the bridge between your raw material of stories and the writers in the room that were more seasoned than myself, but to speak your language so we could codify. Here's what bro is saying and what he went through. To give him reference points, I used the conversation, Francis Ford Coppola, mm-hmm. a surveillance scene. I said, do you remember this scene? Bro loves this scene. I love it. It works. And if we're going to be compared to anything, why don't we lift a couple of scenes from the conversation? Like if you're going to, if you're going to pay homage or lift something from another piece of work, do it to an Academy Award nominated film. Yeah. Like, the the um, scene you're talking about is the uh, internal affairs detective going home and feeling he's being bugged and he tears the room apart looking for the bug. Exactly. Paranoia always, sets in. We always, I always. Now that was a movie. true event though. I, yeah, that, absolutely. that wasn't so much from a movie. That's something that actually we found and eventually, uh, you know, somebody killed themselves over it, but yeah, that to me is one of the best scenes when we did the series because it was factual and it shows if you want to eat your own, we can do things too, you know, and it came across perfectly. It it did. And that's why I think a note to anybody that might be listening that one day wants to get into writing or anything, the more films you see, especially the important ones, and then you go to try to attempt a one-hour police episode, when you're dealing with people that might know more than you or have written more than you, when you bring up a film like The Conversation, the identification of what you're saying becomes universal and everybody joined in and it made it click. And now you have six writers all on the same theme because you are referencing a movie, hopefully, that they've seen. So it was a device we used, bro. Yeah, you and Alan, who was our showrunner on the show, yeah. did not want me coming to the writer's room to start giving war stories. I think it was Alan, too, just thought, you're messing these guys up, bro. Just, <laughs> we gotta, we do have a you know situation here with E&O, errors and omissions. Yeah, that's but, right. But I enjoyed talking to you guys about it. And it was movies like this that inspired us. You know, We had a chance of a lifetime doing our show. A quite incredible experience. And because of movies like Prince of the City... And I suggest any police, anybody listening should watch this movie. It does play out like it could be like it's 2021. It's a real piece of work. And it is for policemen and detectives. I I understand why. Well, look, the poster behind me, the tagline for the poster 40 years ago was a cop is turning in New York City, period. No one is safe. Yeah. There it is. Uh, The bad guys and the good guys, no one's safe. Yeah, and one of the great uh, film posters anywhere. Oh, you get a uh, chance to look at it. It's iconic. This is another two, three episode one if we wanted. Well, buddy, I thank you so much. I enjoy talking about stuff like this. Again, if you have any comments, go to info at copfather.com. Thank you, Dennis, my friend. We will see you soon. We'll talk to everybody soon. Thank you. Thanks, bro. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost.